The following program is presented by the Far East Broadcasting Company because stories of people living out the gospel with their lives inspire all of us. FEBC, taking Christ to the world through radio and new media. Learn more at febc.org. We Jewish people are very stubborn, but we need Jesus. My, my goal in life is until the Lord calls me to Him, I want to share the hope that is in me. Uh, Yeshua is the Messiah and He died for our sins and rose again. His name is Olivier Melnick, and he'll tell us his story coming up on this edition of First Person. Welcome, I'm Wayne Shepherd. Before we meet our guest this week, a brief word about what you'll find when you visit firstpersoninterview.com. First, there's a schedule of what's coming up in the weeks ahead as we draw near to Christmas. Secondly, you can go back as far as you like and listen to previous interviews in this long series. And finally, there's more information about the man you'll meet today and his ministry. So thanks for visiting firstpersoninterview.com. And you may want to download the First Person Interview app for your smartphone or tablet, available free in your app store. Olivier Melnick serves as the Southwest Regional Director and Training Director at Chosen People Ministries. But it's his personal story that we want to hear. Born in Paris to a secular Jewish family, he now shares his faith in Christ far and wide, claiming that it's the most Jewish thing he's ever done. So let's meet this interesting man now here on First Person. Well, I know I can't call you Oliver. I need to call you Olivier. So uh, I have that right, don't I? You have it right. And let me tell you, not a lot of people in, in the USA get my name right. I get a lot of Oliver, and I have to correct people. It's Olivier. There's an I in there, and they look and they feel sorry. Or sometimes I tell them it's Oliver with a twist, and it doesn't help. That doesn't help. <laughs> I like that. Well, it's fun. Most people can pronounce Olivier. It's kind of fun to say, isn't it? Yes, yes. It's Well, it's a French name. Yes, and we'll get into your whole story here in just a moment. But before we tell your story, Olivier, let's talk about uh, Chosen People Ministries and what that is and what your responsibility is. Well, Chosen People Ministries is a, is a mission organization uh, that takes the gospel of Yeshua, Jesus, to the Jewish people. We have been uh, doing this since 1894. So we're going on 127 uh, years now. And uh, we're like in 22 different countries, 25 uh, cities in the U.S., uh, wherever there is a Jewish community, will have somewhat of a presence, either a, a couple, a family, or a center, or a congregation, depending on the need and the availability. But that is what we do. My role is, um, uh, I was in the Northwest, in the Seattle region for a while, as the Northwest Regional Director, and we just relocated to the Dallas area. Uh, and I now assume the position of Southwest Regional Director, uh, with the states around uh, Texas, uh, as well as Texas. And I'm excited because there, there's quite a few Jewish people in that region uh, mm-hmm. uh, alone. So, uh, but again, we just moved in uh, less than two months ago. So this is, I'm getting my bearings right now. I'm trying, I'm trying to meet people and get organized for the ministry. Okay. We're very excited right. to be here. Well, Chosen People Ministries, I mean, th- it exists. It's educational, of course. But one of the, as I understand it, one of the reasons you exist is to just let the Jewish people know they have a friend in evangelicals. 
Well, that, that, is, that is one of the reasons. I mean, the main reason why we exist is to make sure that the Jewish people will hear the message of salvation uh, of found course, in the yes. gospel in a way that is, uh, you know, a contextual that they will understand and be able to relate to, which has not always been done very, very, very well by the church over the centuries. Uh, so we, yeah, we, we exist to, uh, to take the gospel to the Jewish people and, uh, and hopefully they understand that, yes, they do have friends in the evangelical community, which is also a challenge. Okay. We'll talk more about that in a few moments, but I want to hear your story. When did you come to faith in Christ and what were the circumstances involved? I was born and raised in Paris, France in 1959. I was born and uh, Jewish family, my mother was uh, a uh, she has, she escaped the Holocaust and she had to hide on a farm in the southwest of France for the last mm-hmm. two years of the war. My dad, by his own uh, his own uh, saying, was an atheist, didn't believe in anything. But both parents were Jewish, um, and I was raised in that in that family setting of of, of post war a family that uh, had lost any hope in any God, if he ever existed. Well, after the Holocaust, just, it was over. Uh, so I knew it was Jewish, but it was more cultural, uh, more uh, uh, the, the, the the food, the Yiddish songs, and then, the, mm-hmm. the, but, but I, I did not go to a synagogue. I, I, I we didn't keep kosher. It was very, uh, very agnostic. And then in uh, 1981, I met a, a young girl who now is my wife of 38 years. And, um, well, she's from California. One thing led to another. Uh, I uh, I wanted to uh, to marry her, but she told me she could not marry unequally yoked. Remember back then when she said that? When she said that, I had no idea what she was talking about because my mm-hmm. English was not as good. Uh, and she started showing me the uh, the Old Testament uh, prophecies about the Messiah, saying, uh, "You know, your your Messiah is Jewish, and he wants you to come to him." And he, and she started witnessing to me, but I was not too impressed. Uh, I never opened a Bible in my life, so uh, she's starting to show me things in the Bible. I'm going like, "Sure, whatever." And uh, <laughs> and and then she she wrote her dad in california she said please send me some materials for olivier i really want to uh i, I want more more witnessing tools so um it, it, he sent a bunch of uh, cassettes and uh, pamphlets and in that box that he sent he sent the book the late great planet earth by Helen. oh yeah sure and uh got got a hold of that book and started reading it and I would read it every day on my way to work. And I actually missed my stop on the Paris subway a couple of times because I was so into the book. And I got to the place when he talks about the rapture. And I got really scared. You know, I was, I was reading the book that was really, really well done. You know, Old Testament prophecy, fulfillment, prophecy, fulfillment, very mm-hmm. short chapters, very powerful. And I thought, hey, like he says, if everything happened in the first coming of this Messiah, literally, why should it be different at the second coming? And that was a very good point. That was very, very log- logical to me. So it was a man talking to me. It was not the Bible. It was just a guy related. So I could relate to Hal Lindsey's writing a lot more than I could relate to the Bible, except he was basically telling me what he mm-hmm. found in the Bible. Sure. Well, I talked to my wife about the rapture. I tried to convince her that she should stay behind when that happens. <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> yes. I said, is there anywhere you can stay? She said, no, I, we, we, we go and, and I'm going to be separated from you if you don't believe in that. That's why I don't want to marry you because I don't want that separation. Well, eventually I thought, you know, I'm just procrastinating the in- inevitable 
this made sense. Uh, I was virgin to all the other views of the Bible. I was, it was just, this is what it's going to happen. And if it, yet, if it's true, you have a lot to lose. If it's not true, you go back to dust. And I thought, you're right. So, uh, summer of, uh, 1983, uh, July, I don't remember the exact date, but I, I basically, I made a decision to, uh, uh, to follow Yeshua. It was partially because I didn't want to be separated from my, from my wife who was not mm -hmm. my wife at the time. And also because I thought this, this was the truth. This makes sense. And I'm so glad I did. And here we are today. Yeah. 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 So, uh, after that, uh, how did you get discipled? How did you grow as a believer? Were there people that God put in your life? Was it well, education? What happened? Not in France. Let me tell you, because, uh, France is, is still to this day about 1% evangelical. So, uh, and it's probably gotten worse since then. Uh, we, it was the, uh, we got married in Paris in October of 83 and we moved back to the States in March of 85. And, um, I was incredibly, uh, uh, fortunate to connect with, uh, men of God who taught me the Bible properly. My mm -hmm. very first mentor outside of my father-in-law was a great, my first mentor. My first teacher was a man by the name of David Hawking. I don't know if you know Dr. David Hawking. Yes, yes. Uh, who's become a dear friend of the family. Uh, and uh, so David Hawking was my first uh, uh, teacher. Then I got connected with uh, Dr. Arnold Fruchtenbaum. I don't know that name. Okay, Ariel Ministries, uh, Jewish Believers, a super uh, solid uh, teacher of the Bible, uh, and then I went to Moody and I studied with Michael Rydelnik. And so I, I really, the Lord was preparing me for the ministry that I'm doing because he, he put me uh, under the wing of some solid Bible teachers, one after the other. And it's been a wonderful journey. Yeah. Michael Rydelnik has been on this program to tell his story. That's in the archive. If anyone wants to go back and listen to it, it's a powerful story of coming oh, to yes. faith in Christ himself. So I'm, it's really interesting that God would put the two of you together. Well, you know, I, uh, uh, I came to Moody in uh, 1998 to get my undergrad, and uh, he already was uh, the chair of the Jewish Studies program. Uh, he had taken over the uh, uh, Dr. Goldberg, uh, and uh, so we became friends. Michael, Michael, and I became friends, and uh, he was my professor for for three years, uh, and uh, it, it was it was a wonderful experience. Like, it seems like a hundred years ago. <laughs> I understand that. I really do. But something he did or said to you was the impetus for what you're doing today? Yes. Uh, uh, I think it was my last year. It was in 2000. Uh, uh, I remember uh, he challenged me to put together a sermon for a class. And he says, why don't you look at uh, Psalm 83 and, 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 and do a sermon? So I look at Psalm 83, prepared a sermon, and I realized this was about the enemies of Israel, the enemies of the, who are the enemies of God. They hate Israel. They want to destroy Israel. And I thought this would be good if I could find a couple of, 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 of current events uh, 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 examples for the application that it's still happening today. And we have to be careful. So I started looking in the news and, and it was 2000. And if you recall, 2000 was the date of the second intifada. So mm -hmm. it was not difficult to find examples of anti-Semitism, uh, which is something that, you know, anti-Semitism is always something that's been in the 
back of my head because my mother escaped the Holocaust and, and, and you know, hid on a farm uh, with, you know, righteous Gentiles. And so there's a lot of that in our family. And so I did that sermon. And then I, because I'm not a pastor, but I'm a missionary, I get to preach the same sermon in different places. So I reuse the sermon. <laughs> Pastors few- are very jealous, by the way. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. And so I did that sermon, uh, that, that message, and uh, in several places. And then I did a different, different version of them. And pretty soon people said, what you tell us about anti-Semitism, we had no idea. Have you written the book? And I said, no, I, I'm not a writer. Here we are, five books later. Uh, but uh, it, it's how it got developed. I, you know, I started research for my first book, and for seven years, I gathered research, and in 07, it came out. Well, there's much more to Olivier's story, and we'll get to it in just a moment as you stay with us now on First Person. I'm Ed Cannon. The Far East Broadcasting Company partners with First Person because we celebrate the stories of people everywhere who have given their lives to Christ and serve Him. Our broadcasters in 50 countries of the world hear stories every day of people whose lives are transformed by the gospel and who have faithfully been taught God's word. In addition to First Person, I'm pleased that Wayne and I host a podcast, and we invite you to join us. Listen to Until All Have Heard at febc.org. That's febc.org. My guest is Olivier Melnick of Chosen People Ministries, and um, of course, we'll put information in our program notes, not only about Chosen People and Olivier, but also his books that we started to talk about a few moments ago. Um, tell me about the, you said you've written five books. Right. What's the most recent book, and, and what is the topic? The most recent book is actually a very small uh, book called The Time Is Now, um, seven steps Christians should take to help their Jewish pe- the Jewish people. Uh, it's it's a follow up really to one of my most important books called End Times Antisemitism. Uh, mm-hmm. In End Times Antisemitism, I put twenty years of research and I bring it to today and what's happening today. And and I keep telling people we have to be watching. This is happening again. It's going to get worse. But I really never give people a whole lot of of information about what to do. I tell them this is what happened. This is what's happening now. This is what come if it's going to get even worse. In this little book, which is only about a hundred pages, it's practical uh, practical ways that christian gentile christians can use to make a difference in the life of their jewish friends including helping them protecting them but of course all of that in in, you know in in the context of sharing the gospel all right well as i said we'll put a link in our program notes at firstpersoninterview.com so check that out but take us to school for a few minutes we don't have time to unpack it all there's so much here but take us to school for a few moments and help us understand the issue of anti-Semitism. Well, the the issue of anti-Semitism. Well, first of all, let's let's start with a short definition. Anti-Semitism is the uh, irrational hatred of Jewish people characterized by thoughts, words, and deeds, or any combination of the three. And it's been going on since the Jewish people existed. Uh, the source of it, to really, I put it in a nutshell. The source of it is Satan, who hates the Jews and wants mm-hmm. to destroy them. Uh, and he's done a great job at trying over the centuries. Uh, anti-Semitism has been going on uh, for for at least uh, you know over two thousand years. Um, it's morphed over the years, over the centuries. It used to be uh, a theological differences at the the closing of the canon of the Bible. It became historical, became uh, 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 all the way to 
the Holocaust, when it became a racial issue, when we have to destroy the Jews, it's an it's an evil uh, a race that has to be destroyed. That's what uh, Hitler was was uh, promoting. And and then after the, uh, the 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 Second World War, within twenty years, you know, uh, after the rebirth of Israel in forty eight, we have this new anti semitism that was born, which now includes anti Israel, anti Zionism. It's the same thing in a different package. But it's the hatred of the Jews and the, the 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 agenda is to destroy the Jews. It's evil. It's evil, and it mm. comes from so many different ways. Uh, Satan is basically subcontracting it for, to so many different groups. I think we all understand historical anti-Semitism, but it it lives today, doesn't it? This is this is a huge concern. We just this week in the news, I read about a school district where the students were being encouraged to f- learn alternative views to the Holocaust. And unfortunately, that happened in uh, the state I just moved to in Texas. Uh, yes, and I'm actually this will be the topic of of my next article on my uh, on my site newantisemitism.com. Uh, okay. Looking at uh, looking at uh, at uh, you know what what does it mean? What is an alternate view of the Holocaust? Sure. I mean, well, how does it manifest itself in in our day? It can be as simple as somebody calling a Jew something like a you know like a, a greedy Jew or or a t- or Jew or they say Jews want to take over the world. Those are all lies that I talk about in my in my book New Anti uh, New Anti uh, End Times Antisemitism. Well, it can also be uh, in the BDS movement. The boycott, divestment, sanction movement, where people say we should not invest in Israel, and people who help invest, we 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 should not do business with them, and it comes in all all flavors. It it comes on American campuses where people uh, are uh, uh, not letting uh, uh, Jewish groups have a voice, but they invite uh, pro-Palestinian groups. Uh, it comes in the news. It comes in the media. It's uh, it's it again. It's it's uh, cloaked in this false narrative of we want to uh, you know it's anti-israel anti-zionism which is not anti-semitism that's what you hear but really at the end of the day Mm -hmm. it's the same thing the goal is to destroy the jewish people yeah when you're asked how to balance the debate in the pro-palestinian position with pro-israeli and all that i mean what's the quick answer to all that i know that's a much much involved issue but what what's your uh, what's your answer the reality is that both jews and palestinians need jesus Yes, it, they, they both need the same Jesus the same way. There's only one way to the Father is through the Son. So that that's that that's the the, the, the bottom line. Looking at uh, looking at the Palestinian, they are they have been used and abused by their own leadership. There's no, uh, and I don't say this as a as a racist statement, but there's no such thing as a Palestinian people. It doesn't mean these people are not real; they don't exist. They do, but they come from yeah. all the countries around Israel uh, that uh, that they should have gone back to when Israel became a uh, a country in a, a modern nation in forty eight if they wanted to, but they were not allowed to go back, so they became forced they be, by force they became uh, uh, political refugees and now the narrative has been uh, pushed for 50 years now it's no longer is it true is it not true now it's like we all the, the world believes that the palestinians have been displaced and the jews are colonizers nobody's asking the question anymore it's a it's it's a very uh, it's a double standard we need to we need to uh, educate people about it yeah, and this is something we need to uh, study and think about, and and this is why you're so valuable to us, because you've done a lot of research. One resource that you have that I haven't even mentioned yet is your YouTube channel, 
where you take these issues and it, it provides a great education for someone who wants to go a little deeper. Of course, you have your books, but the YouTube channel, uh, what kind of reaction are you getting to that? I'm getting some really good feedback on the YouTube channel. Uh, I, I do several things on it. I do a daily one-minute devotional. Uh, which is very short to the point with one verse that I get through my devotion in the morning. But I also do some teachings. I've done teachings on the on the Feast of Israel. Uh, I have one on what is Palestine. I, I have several on BDS. And, and so they're, they're not very long because you know as well as, as I do that today's audience uh, as a, as a reduced attention span, people, you know, we, we, the, 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 the age of communication, the age of the internet, we want something now. We want it fast. We want it brief. And so, true. uh, I, I, I try to condense something and some in, in a, a video that won't be too long, but it's really a great resource. I keep adding every day and every week. Uh, it's, you know, it's, uh, if you, if people type my name, Olivia Melnick today through Jewish eyes, they'll find me. Well, I'm glad to uh, provide a bit of a platform for them to learn about what you're doing uh, with Chosen People Ministries and with your books and YouTube channel. I, I think it's something very important for all of us. Uh, what What is the goal that you have for the rest of your life, Olivier? What would you like to do? Another simple question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good at that, aren't I? <laughs> you're very good at simple questions. The goal for the rest of my life, uh, my, my, my passion is to see more of my people, the Jewish people, uh, come to a saving knowledge of their Messiah. I prayed for 28 years for my parents to come to the Lord, and I was able, by the grace of God, to lead both of them to the Lord oh, the same marvelous. day, the same day about nine years ago. Incredible story. Wow. And oh, my goodness. I did not expect I, that I, to happen. We should have talked the whole time about that, shouldn't yeah, we? <laughs> if you ever want to do another show, I'll tell you the story, and I'll cry again as I tell it. Uh, it's okay. an incredible story, but I don't want people to give up uh, praying for their Jewish friends. I don't want people to give up uh, witnessing to them. We Jewish people are very stubborn, but we need Jesus. My my goal in life is until the Lord calls me to him, either through death here or the rapture, whichever he decides to do, I want to share the hope that is in me of the, the, the message of eternal life through the gospel, through the, uh, the, the our connection by believing that you know uh, Yeshua is the Messiah and he died for our sins and rose again. All right, just one more thing before I let you go here. You've written the, the most recent book on helping us relate and uh, represent Jesus and witness for Jesus to our friends. What's one thing that we can do? What, what, where should we start? Where should we? Well, one thing that you can do is, I think, is educate yourself on the history of the Jewish people and the history of anti-Semitism, because there is a tremendous, tremendous amount of baggage that Christians carry unbeknownst to them because of previous uh, things were, that were done by the church. So as a Christian, as a non-Jewish Gentile Christian, you come to the table and your Jewish friend is going to go like very, very careful, like, are you talking to me about Jesus? But what about the Holocaust? What about the Crusades? What about the Inquisition? What about the Reformation? And, and, and most Christians don't like, they go like, what about it? So mm -hmm. education, I think, is very important. I think I would start right there. Olivier, a few moments ago, you told me the story of leading your parents to Christ. Are you willing to come back next week and tell me that story? Can we continue this conversation? I would love to, because when I tell a story, people are encouraged. So that's exactly what we will do. On First Person next time, Olivier Melnick will return and tell us the full story of leading his own parents, secular Jews who are still reeling from the Holocaust, to faith in Christ. In the meantime, please visit firstpersoninterview.com to learn more about Olivier, his family, and his ministry with Chosen People Ministries. 
People in every place around the globe deserve to hear the good news of the gospel, and that is a task that is cheerfully carried out by the Far East Broadcasting Company. For 76 years, radio and now new forms of media have been used to faithfully proclaim the message of Christ and help build the church in remote corners of the world. FEBC serves as a partner with First Person, and I hope you'll learn more at febc.org. Now, with thanks to my friend and producer Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepherd. Join us next time for First Person.